episode 53 of the Brick and Mortar Reporter, where our guest reveals what was holding him back, and it may be the same thing holding you back. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy, and as always, I'm your host today. Now, today, we are going to hear part two of the interview I did with Mike Sutton of Mobilitex, and that's located in eastern Pennsylvania. Now, today, Mike really takes a deep dive, and he gets at the heart of some of the emotional things that he found out were holding him back. He realized after, you know, kind of taking his business to one level and then it dropping back down and then getting it built back up and it dropping back down, he found he he was doing a pattern of self-sabotage. It's something that I think many of us do if we really take a look at ourselves. He talks about his anxiety, he talks about his low self-esteem, and he talks about what he did to actually get to the point where he could deal with that, know what to do, know how to handle it, and more importantly, how to move beyond it. It's a valid lesson that I think many of us that want to start something but are hesitating and, and holding back and the fear that we have, if we look deeper beyond that, we can probably see in a lot of areas of our lives that these core issues that are part of our being, they're part of our personality, um, ingrained in our psyche, whether it's the negative messages, whether it's the low self-esteem, whether it's self-sabotage, it doesn't matter what it is. We all have something that holds us back. So Mike takes a deep dive into what he found out, what he did to fix it. So look at what he did, and hopefully you'll be able to take inspiration from it and then see where he came out on the other side and where he's heading today. So we join the interview, part two of the Mike Sutton interview. He's with Mobilitex in eastern Pennsylvania. Now, Mike, when we talk about your business and what you've done over the course of uh, your business life, what do you consider your greatest business accomplishment? I, I've i always been one to discount my accomplishments, mm-hmm. and, that's, <laughs> and that's really hurt me. And it's been a reflection yeah. of just kind of low self-esteem and, and anxiety mm-hmm. and stuff that I've dealt with that's really held me back for a lot of my life. And recently, I've really started dealing with a lot of that. Okay. And so my... My the thing that I'm most proud of is this podcast that I've started mm-hmm. and it's not yet generating me any revenue, <laughs> but, but you're providing value it, it providing <laughs> and being true to myself. It's my message about what I need to talk about. I'm building a community. I'm getting positive feedback and I love it. The technology mm-hmm. I, I kind of realized is something that I was like hiding behind a little bit because oh. I could fix a computer without ever, uh, without ever having to talk to somebody. Sure. But yeah. I'm a really social person. But I was also in the past always a very fearful person. So I was protecting mm-hmm. myself from people by burying my head in the technology. And so now that I'm finally letting go of that, I, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm really on the right track for what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm best at, what I'm kind of, you know, called to do. Mm-hmm. I just I I I love it. I've got passion for it. I know that I'm on the right track and and this is the thing that I'm happiest with in my life. Was there 
was there something that got you to that realization that you were holding on to things that were holding you back? Like like you said, the, the low self-esteem. And I know um, particularly a lot of women business owners feel, you know, we feel a little bit inferior or a little, you know, can't really compete with the guys. And there's there's that on a much more pervasive level, um, I think, um, just among female business owners. And not to, you know, stereotype, but it's a real issue. So what was it that brought you to that point where you said, I've got to deal with this? Yeah, I love, I love talking about this because this, was, <laughs> this is, this is kind of like the core issue. I, uh-huh. start, I started my business because of what I knew, but I didn't know how to run a business. So I struggled in right. sales. I struggled in marketing. I struggled to be profitable. So I went and got sales coaches and marketing consultants and sure. accountants. And, and that all helped. That all, that, all that stuff was invaluable. Really critical. You have to understand those skills. But it didn't solve my problem. I was still struggling. So then I'm like, okay, well, I already looked at all the things I understand. <laughs> like, what's the problem? And I was still mm-hmm. struggling. And so I, I looked at sales and I, okay, so sales is a process of emotional transfer. You do business with people you know, like, and trust. Um, business is all about relationships. And I'm getting sales meetings. My marketing's working. I'm going into these sales situations and I'm just, I'm not converting people. I can't mm-hmm. get a yes. I'm afraid to ask for what I want. Sure. I'm not inspiring confidence. I'm not making this emotional connection. So what can I look at? And, 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 and to me, the underlying theme, I think, was kind of fear, right? So, uh, so, for, yeah. so I went to a counselor and I consider him, uh, I, I considered it business coaching the entire time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The insurance company well, didn't agree, true. but yeah. <laughs> that's fine. They weren't paying for it anyway, I guess. But. And, and, and so what I learned was, yes, all those strategies and techniques in marketing and sales and accounting and all, and same with the leadership stuff that we talked about, all that, all the strategies and techniques are important. Mm-hmm. But without that underlying confidence and vision and passion and, and just confidence, feeling capable and like I, mm-hmm. I can succeed and I should succeed and it's okay for me to succeed, I'd always be holding myself back and hedging and sabotaging myself. And until I could let yeah. go of those things, nothing was going to change. And I saw it so quickly. As soon as I started connecting with other people more emotionally, as soon as I started opening myself up to be able to talk about the value of the relationship, mm-hmm. and I stopped worrying about well, how am I going to get somebody to write a check? And how am I going to get somebody to sign a contract? And how am I going to get somebody to give me money? Mm-hmm. As soon as I let go of that stuff and focused on the value of the relationship, the money started coming in and the business started growing. <laughs> and all wow. this stuff that I was afraid was never going to happen and was always worried about just ceased to exist around me because the value of business really is in the relationships. That's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's hard to get to a place, especially as a um, as an adult, where we reach out for help. You know, and like you say, you know, you went to a counselor. I mean, a lot of people, even if they went, they wouldn't admit that. And I, so my hats off to you for saying, you know, what I realize the common denominator in all my issues get gets back to me. And but we we do that self sabotage thing, and I think everyone does it. The you know the fear of failure or fear of success, whatever it is, it's it's there. And so I think, you know, for you to put that out there that, hey, it's okay, you go get get the help you need to see yourself in a different perspective and to handle the underlying issues that are going to sabotage not just this business, but the next business or the next relationship or what, you know, 
anything on the spectrum is um, you're dealing with the root problem instead of just the symptoms. And so I love that. I love that you did that. And now you you have the right focus. It's like, you know, like you say, it's, people don't understand that whenever you say don't focus on, you know, closing the deal or whatever, focus on the relationship until you actually do it and you just feel like magically something's changed. Yeah. And we hear it. In, yeah. It, we, people talk about confidence and abundance and mm-hmm. and all these <laughs> yeah. things. Yes, buzzwords. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it makes sense and we accept that, but we don't take the final step to say, okay, this is how I'm actually working. This is how I'm blocking that in my own life. Yeah. And exactly like you said, I take me with me everywhere, right? Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately we do. Yeah. And if I, if I'm unhappy, then I can do my job well enough to get a paycheck. But if I go, if I come to meet with you and I'm unhappy and you pick up on that, you're not going to want to do business with me. Sure. And if I take that into my sales meetings and if I let that leak through in my marketing and my emails to people and my phone calls to people, then I'm not going to attract the business and the success that I want. And that's not sure. because there's something wrong with me, except I'm letting this negative emotion affect my results. So I got to deal mm-hmm. with that, figure out how to let that go so that I can actually be me. Yeah. But then sometimes do you surprise yourself when you're like, oh, my gosh, this is almost like a new me I'm dealing with. Oh, like people (laughs) will literally tell me that. People who I've been networking with, because this is a journey that I've been on for probably uh, about three years now. Uh And when the people who I networked with when I started my business that I still know will come up to me all the time and be like, are you like the same guy that I met five years ago? (laughs) You seem totally different now. That's good, though, because that's like you're like, yes, my progress is visible and it's it's tangible for them and yeah. to realize in our relationships. So but I think you're right until you, people can hear it all they want. But until they experience that, they don't really know what somebody else is talking about. You know, they they can relate and they go, oh, well, that's nice that that'll happen, but that'll never happen to me, you know, and until you do it, do it for yourself. So I think we all have that little something in us that um, we need to deal with that continues to sabotage ourselves and get us to the point where we're not completely living to our fullest potential. So Absolutely. it sounds like it sounds like you're on the path to getting there and all the transitions that you've made and are continuing to make are just part of the sum of the whole, you know, getting to that next point. Definitely a so. process. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, you can't can't ever be like, phew, I'm glad I got that behind me, because then you realize, oops, wait a minute, that's I've missed, right. i got to work on yeah. that. So. My wife and I joke, okay, now I'm fixed. <laughs> now <Yeah>. it's over. <laughs> oh, no, Phew, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait a minute, how many more of these are going to keep popping up? Yeah. So I, I completely agree. But you know what, that's the part of being human, and that's the part of embracing, like you say, you know, who you really are, and getting to, if, if you don't find that you are the person that you really want to be, then you're the only one that can change it and make yourself who you want to be. So I love that. Now, I have done, like I said, I did do my research, try to try to do my research as much as possible before I um, get on an interview with someone. And you are doing a lot of things um, with your business to market it and get your get the word out there. And so um, I noticed now you can tell us specifically what marketing strategies you're finding work very effectively for you. Um, And then I want to talk about some things that I've seen you do that a lot of my uh, other businesses that I'm running into are not doing and kind of see how you got there. So Tell us what types of marketing strategies you're using for Mobilitech yeah. that is really 
kind of hitting the stride for yeah, you. Yeah, and, and I do market the the online stuff that I'm doing now much differently than I marketed Mobilitex as a, as a ah, local tech okay. company. Um, okay. What worked really well for me, and, and a lot of this was the influence of the marketing consultant that I worked with, uh, Robin Robbins, okay. who okay. focused very specifically on technology businesses, but is very much aligned with guys like Joe Polish and Dean Jackson and okay. Strategic Coach. So absolutely follow those guys. Um, one of the big, I, I think it's a mistake, is I'll talk to a lot of local business owners and I'll reference somebody like Dean Jackson or Joe Polish and they'll say, oh, well, they're just internet marketing guys. Like, uh, yeah, but it's good marketing and it works, so pay attention. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason they've gone to the internet, Absolutely. Right? Well, <laughs> and, and, and it's not just on the internet. Um, the, the stuff that worked really well for me uh, locally is direct, direct, educational direct response marketing. Okay. Where we would provide value, educate the client on what we were doing, elicit a response to, the, to specific offers, specific calls to action, and we did a lot of direct mail. We did mm-hmm. a lot of email marketing that way. Um, okay. We would we still attract leads through our website, so the website SEO has been pretty valuable, um, and a lot of that is tied to uh, our blogging strategy as well as the use of press releases through sites like PR Web um, okay. has been useful. And telemarketing worked pretty well. Um, really? Okay. One thing I found with telemarketing is it's it's, it's easy to get through to decision makers mm-hmm. if you're calling companies that aren't really well run Uh, but if you're calling a company that's that's well run it's harder to get past the gatekeeper but that ended up being kind of a qualification sign for us because and 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 also kind of a lesson for me which is do do you want to call somebody if if somebody's successful and their time is valuable they're not going to be sitting there waiting for the phone to ring yeah and so (laughs) how am i yeah well, and that's the thing. You also think, you know, do is is this the is that the target customer you right. want? You know, do you want to have to step into chaos and you know that kind of thing? Because I'm sure that's what you see from a IT perspective with some poorly run companies. Yeah. And it goes back to the pricing too, because a, a smaller if the, if the owner doesn't value his time, if the owners if the company's not making the money that they want to be making, they're not going to be able to pay for high-level IT services or or any coaching or any, you know, whatever service you offer. If you want to be the budget guy, then you're going to be working with budget companies. If you want to be the top-end guy, you're going to be working with top-end companies with with top-end competition. Well, I also think that there is a little bit of um, if someone doesn't value their own time, it's going to be very hard for them to then see the value of someone else's time and the value that someone else can bring. It's almost it's almost like a the opposite of rose colored glasses. Absolutely. You know, and I don't even know what the word for that is, but it's it's uh, you know that skews all of their thinking because the, their their value scale is yeah, off. I totally agree you know, with that. From them, themselves on out. Now, one thing I noticed um, on your website that you're using very effectively is video. And this is a little bit of a scary thing for a lot of small business. You know, a lot of us have a face for radio and uh, don't want to really get in front of the video camera. And But you're using it um, for – you've got some video of you uh, talking, telling a little bit about what you can – provide to customers on your homepage. Then you've also used video to get some testimonials and referral, well, not referrals, but testimonials from your current customers. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what your video strategy is? Because, you know, everyone said 2013 was the year of video, and we're now in 2014, and it's the year of what, I guess, the podcast or something. And then, but, but it's not ever too late to get on the video bandwagon, because mobile consumption and video consumption with consumers is just going up. 
up every single year. So can you talk a little bit about that and how you incorporated that in your business? Yeah, I, I love the video. I think it, yeah. and, and I look at it as a, as a way to develop that relationship with somebody that I haven't met yet. So sure. I can I can introduce myself. I can let them see who I am. I can let them see my style. I can tell them about myself and start to develop that relationship so that they can decide, you know, is this somebody that I want to do business with? Is this somebody that I feel like is on the same page with me? My best mm-hmm. clients are people who are just like me. Right. And and they get to see that before they respond. And I think it also no nobody can sell the value of my company better than I can. So it gives me a good opportunity to do that. Um, it. I think that I think maybe to some extent I do take the technology background a little bit for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would say is it doesn't have to be as hard as we make it out to be. Mm-hmm. If when it gets really complicated is, and I'm just as prone to this as anybody is when we get distracted by all the things that we could be doing instead of just yes. picking the one thing that we're going to do and getting uh-huh. that right. So it, I have my own camera. I bought my own lighting. I did all my own editing. If you can do that, you can do it really cheap. If you can't do that, then yeah, maybe you're going to have to spend a thousand dollars or a couple thousand dollars gotcha. to get good quality video for your site. But get good quality video, get good, great quality audio, have it edited well, and I, I think that's a great way to, like I said, develop that relationship, get your information across. Business is about the relationships. You want that personal connection, and video really moves to that. Sure. And now let me ask you this, because you actually take it a step further than just you being on telling about your business. You actually, it seems that you take your video to your clients mm-hmm. and to your, your their location. And you actually, um, do you have like some questions? That, and how do you, how do you get your customers to be willing to sit down and be videoed talking about what your company's done for them? How is that? Was that an awkward process to start I with? I just show up I with think, the camera and start recording. <laughs> Hey, here we are. <laughs> no, I, I let them know in advance that I want to do that, and and I don't know that anybody's ever really turned me down. Okay. Um, clearly, there were some people that were less comfortable with it once the camera showed up, which kind of surprised sure. me. Um, uh-huh. But I try to, and you can see from the video, I try and do it as a casual thing. I do have a set of questions that I talk through just to ask mm-hmm. them, uh, what problems were you having before you started working with us? Who were you working with before? Uh, what made you call us? What's your experience been with us? Is there anything that we could do better? In an ideal world, is there, is there any service that we could provide to you that we're not providing to you? Uh, and then I give them a chance to talk at the end. And the most, powerf- the most powerful question a lot of times ends up being when I say, okay, the, the interview's over, so unless you have anything else to add, and then I just stop. And they invariably say no, and then say something after yeah. that that's valuable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like the fake stop. It's right. Like the- I'm stopping, really not. Right, right, right. So I always (laughs) keep the camera running and give them that opportunity. Yeah, and then I was going to say the way you just kind of um, you you edit their sound bites and weave them in and out and tell people who they are. And, you know, that that gives a lot of um, insight into your business. I mean, just from looking at your website and seeing you on the front saying, hey, this is Mike. Let me tell you about what we can do for you if you're this type of business or that type of business. And then in the end, you know, looking at your, which if you're like me, I always go to the About Us page first on anyone's website. But on yours, I didn't have to because you were sitting right there telling us about you. So I didn't have to do that. But then the referrals and the testimonials page, um, I loved seeing the video. And I think people automatically feel more comfortable with your business when they see I mean it's a real uh, you know it's a, a test whenever you're saying I'm, I'm bringing a video camera in and I'm going to have you talk about 
our relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't have a good relationship with them, you could be getting more than you <laughs> bargained for with their feedback. Sure. You know, so so I think you know I think that's a very effective use. Have you used video at all to do any sort of uh, education uh, type? things with the IT? I, I have a YouTube channel uh, okay. where I post some like tip videos okay. where I'll show people, you know, here's what to look out uh, for in email so you don't get a phishing attack or sure. here, here's uh, how you use certain features in Windows 8 or things like that because I'll get questions over and over again and can pretty easily just do a screen capture and record the video gotcha. with some audio and send that out as a tutorial. Uh, I have longer presentations that I've done on specific technical topics that I'll record as webinars and then republish mm-hmm. that video just to have some additional content. And that goes more towards the education side of my strategy, sure. which is just letting people see that I'm an expert in all these areas. So if you want to do it yourself, I'll tell you how to do it. But the value yeah. is having me do it for you because you don't have time for this. You should be running your business. Absolutely. Well, and I love um, I love that that YouTube strategy of taking the common questions and putting something out there that you're not asking people to buy anything. You're providing value. You're giving them a snippet. And I think in almost any local brick and mortar business, video can fit into the overall strategy. It's not I mean, I wouldn't even necessarily consider it a marketing strategy, although it it can be. Um, But it's definitely a. Um, a reputation building and a, um, you know, kind of building yourself, like you say, as the authority and the expert in your content area. And I think more local businesses should take the time, take the time, like you say, to do it and either figure out how to do it on your own or get somebody else to come in and do a series uh, of videos for you and get get into the video game because I think it's definitely a piece that a lot of a lot of local business owners are missing and they just don't have time for it. And they're like, I'm, I got to be on Facebook. I got to be on Twitter. I can now I got to be on YouTube, you know, and it's, it's hard to balance all so that. Stop so, doing something you're not getting paid yes. for and spend some time <laughs> on this and it'll pay off. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I completely agree. Now, one of the things that um, makes your business a little bit more unique than some of the people that we've talked to is that you are actually going through uh, the process of selling your business right now and I know um, I know from just from my experience dealing with business brokers that are you know selling businesses that there is you know you can't just go today like you do with a house I mean it's like like anything you're going to put your house on the market well you need to go through and and hit that list of things that need to be done you know the painting and got to fix the molding and got to fix the leak on the bathroom and all those things it's kind of the same way with your business and you kind of have to get your business in shape to be uh, purchased or be put up for sale. So can you talk a little bit about that experience and kind of maybe some tips you could give business owners that might be looking to do that? Yeah. Um, So the first thing I would say to expectations is if you're not making the money you want and you're not profitable, you should have no reason to think that somebody else is going to come in and pay you top dollar for your business. Oh, yeah. Kind of wow. tricking yourself if that's the mm-hmm. case. And, and yeah, it's easy true. to do that because we all hear, like, oh, you can sell a business for two to three or five times annual revenue. Yeah. And, and I've seen all that stuff. They tell the sellers that. They tell the buyers the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, true. And, and I think there's a couple different models. So I'm selling a service business, and there's two ways to look at it. If I was selling my service business to somebody who wanted to get into my industry, then it's going to have a much different value because they're going to be interested in in the, my vendor relationships and in my processes and in my client list and in the office space and in the tools that I already have and all those things. Mm-hmm. If I'm selling it to somebody who wants to accumulate market share, it's going to have a much different value because they're going to strip away all that stuff that's valuable to me and they're just buying my client base. 
Sure. And so to them, if they think, well, I could hire a salesman and pay a, a 5 to 20% commission to buy new business, then that's what the value of new business is to me compared to somebody who's in a different situation. So the value of the business that you're selling very much depends on the situation of the buyer that you're selling it to. Good um, point. It's always going to be important that you're profitable or that you have something of value that you're selling. So it could be intellectual property. It could be inventory. Um, but if you're trying to sell it as a business, then obviously a more profitable business is going to be more profitable. Sure. Um, and in technology, it's almost always the case that they're trying to buy the talent. Mm, uh, okay. And so one of the things that I wanted to do is not necessarily be involved in the company after it's sold because I'm moving more towards the coaching and podcasting and, and content creation in those areas. So that was definitely something that needed to be addressed and definitely affected the, the sale price of the business. 